Welcome to the podcast. Join Nate and Mike, lifelong friends, as they discuss stocks and investing. The name says it all. This This is is Two Buds Buds Talk Talk Stocks. Stocks. All opinions expressed by Nate and Mike are their own. Please do not buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. All right, Mike, we are live. Lots to talk about this week. Hey, how's it going, Nate? I'm doing good. How about you, man? I'm doing real good, man. Wife's been out of town for like three or four days, which means I stay up watching Better Call Saul and went fishing today. So I'm kind of tired, but I'm ready to talk to you and talk some stocks, man. Did you did you catch anything today? Got skunked. <laughs> and I took my dog with me. But what I love about fishing is that it's not the act, it's that for like four to five hours, I'm not looking at my phone. I'm just chilling out. All I care about is just staring at the water. So it's more of a therapeutic thing than actually catching the fish per se. Yeah, we've talked about this before. When I was a kid, my dad used to take me fishing a lot in the summertime and I just could not sit still. I couldn't get into it. If I, it, I mean, if the pole wasn't moving, if I wasn't doing anything and I don't know how many times my dad would just be like, Hey, just take a look around and just enjoy this, sit back and relax. And now I look back and it's like, as a uh, parent, as a, as an adult, right. I just like those times are few and far between, right. And just being able to sit back with nature, as you said, not tied to your phone sitting with the cold one, whatever, and just enjoying nature. Well, I think it's like uh, more relevant today than ever. Because as a kid, I mean, we're all just staring at our phone all the time. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of, for me, it's just more of a benefit of just in versus just standing there and staring at the water. I still, of course, driving home was like, I didn't catch anything. Mm -hmm. I brought my dog with me too, which was a little bit of a headache. I'm not used to that. So I've got a, here's what I've got a great, but when I was fishing, something came to me. All right. And I thought of a great analogy. So Jake Paul, right? Yeah. The boxer, boxer, YouTuber guy, right? Yeah. To me, Jake Paul is like cryptocurrency because no, at some point, we have to take Jake Paul seriously, right? I think I see where you're going with like, this. I, I'm not saying I'm not saying that like he's a great boxer, but he's destroying people. He's like everyone, you know, the Nate Robinson he beat, the last guy did one round. It wasn't even close. I know he's an MMA guy, et cetera, et cetera. But at some point, you kind of, if he keeps rattling off these wins, you kind of have to take it seriously. Just like with cryptocurrency, with Doge and all these other ones, which I'll talk about how I trade crypto in a second. I'm hitting the point, and I don't think I've missed the boat, but you got to start taking crypto seriously at some point, just like Jake Paul, you know? I mean, I see, I understand the analogy that you're you're going for, and I, and I do like it. I don't know if you can take uh, Jake Paul seriously at this point when he's still basically fighting cans but to your point i definitely would say here's what i found really interesting about crypto lately is that and uh i can't take credit for this this is something i i i heard on a, another podcast but how in basically 2017 into through 2017 to the end there was a big rally in it 
and it was what was called the it was the the retail rally people like you and i were just buying to speculate the thing about this run in crypto right is that it is all institutional it's the large institutions and and banks i mean coinbase just ipo'd uh fidelity's mm-hmm. looking to start the etf so this would be the real the real start of it whereas i guess you could say jake jake paul the first time he actually really beat a name somebody that actually had a record a former world title holder then you could start saying so right maybe it's still in that early phase but the fact that every major bank from goldman sachs to even jamie diamond now and jpn they all have target prices on on bitcoin right so all these big banks say, hey, we're not getting into it. We'll, we'll still dismiss it. But every one of them has a target price on Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin. And not one of those targets is less than 100K. So I do find it very interesting, right, that uh, these large, the largest investment banks in the world actually have price targets. I think that tells you something, right? They, well, you know, not yet. That's like... Uh, yeah, I, I think, and I maybe my analogy isn't the best, but you, you get the point I'm trying to yeah. get at at some point, whether bank of America's into it now, they're starting to buy it up. And, and, and I don't think it's that you've missed the boat, but, and that's where, and I'm drawing a blank. I know we've talked about it before, not Greystone, grayscale. What's the, yeah. the, the, what, what is it? The name of the, the, the great, the grayscale Bitcoin trust. It's the, it's the, yeah, yeah. It trades. I think the way it works is it trades the. The futures, right? So when you buy into Grayscale, if you buy today, you're locked in. I mean, you can, of course, sell the the ETF whenever you want, but I think the the Bitcoin there is locked in their trust for I don't know how many how many months because they're buying futures contracts on it. So I don't. Well, I kind of like, and I brought this up before. I think, and I'm more serious about it now. And and this is kind of the I, I've, I've I've had I have Coinbase, mm-hmm. and I've bought crypto third through coinbase but it's kind of a hassle like you gotta and then you know this is where maybe people can tune out but you gotta like set up a new account you gotta get a new password all this kind of stuff it's like i kind of like grayscale because grayscale they actually they're just an investment firm where all they worry about is just cryptocurrency getting in and getting out it's kind of like how we talked about etfs how the etfs do all the work of every mm-hmm. quarter they're usually taking stocks out taking stocks in Grayscale Bitcoin Trust BTC, uh, it's actually GBTC is the symbol. I started talking about this probably, um, I'll say maybe February now, probably December at $32 a share. It's at 51. They have to report earnings. I think the Grayscale play they're down two and a half percent, but they're probably going to put Doge in their portfolio. They're probably going to put Bitcoin in there. And instead of trying to guess which cryptocurrency is the way to go, I I, I kind of like just going to, you know, buying a little grayscale and moving on. I mean, as it stands right now, I think it is solely just uh, just Bitcoin. I mean, I guess they could really, start, yeah, they could start another oh. another fund where they just where they start it with other cryptos. I mean, I I thought it was, let me see here. Let me, uh, these are their holdings. Yeah. Okay. So it's only Bitcoin then, huh? So what I would say is I did some, uh, some, some math on this. And I remember looking because last time we talked about this too, one of the things that I had noticed about the, uh, the grayscale uh, fund is that the fee is super high 
you're paying 2% in, in fees to have, uh, to, so to your point, you're playing, you're, you're paying for simplicity, right? You don't have to manage the Bitcoin. You don't need your, your wallet. You don't need to manage the key. But part of that is they're, they're buying contracts and they're trading in and out. So your ease, you're paying for the convenience, right? And I just was looking at it. So as far back as data as I could find on uh, Yahoo Finance was something like uh, going back to, to 2016 for that uh, Grayscale Bit tr- uh, Bitcoin Trust. So yeah. I was comparing to it if you were just buying um, Bitcoin your, yourself. And say if you just made a weekly investment in, in Bitcoin, and that's what a lot of uh, pundits recommend, right? Is just just buy it weekly, uh, whatever else dollar cost average in. And yeah. over the course of those five years, it blew my mind. It was something like you would have seventy five percent more money just buying Bitcoin directly than paying than than buying it. So it yeah. adds up real quick. So if you're going to do it, I would encourage you. The one that I really like, and I've, I've mentioned this before, uh, you don't. I mean, again, you have to go through the same stuff you're talking about setting up the account. I mean, you can you can leave the uh, the crypto just on their platform. You can put it in your secure wallet, but it's uh, BlockFi and uh, BlockFi just allows you to uh, I mean, again, you can buy with dollar amounts or fractional shares. You put money in it, puts it in their stable coin. And then from their stable coin, you can buy the uh, the major uh, the major cryptos. I don't think you can buy Doge, but if you were See, looking for Bitcoin, it's like back to your point though, you know, when you're setting up your 401k and you're picking out some of the mutual funds you have to use through your employer, nothing irritates me more when they're charging one and a half percent for them to manage that fund. And maybe I am changing my stance a little bit that I didn't know you had to pay 2% just so you can get a 1099 just so that you can have the tax write-off because if you take a loss, you can you know you don't have to pay capital gains on it. So maybe Grayscale isn't the way to go. Do you I think would... Coinbase, what about, because I, I, I wanted before um, you answer that question, do you, do you think Coinbase is more of the safer play? Because Coinbase you, you, is a platform you use to buy all the different cryptocurrencies. So my thought is on Coinbase, and I, I do think this is interesting seeing as how they just went public this week. I mean, they're actually extremely profitable right now from the fees they're collecting. But my guess is the same thing is going to happen in the crypto space that has happened in the uh, traditional brokerage space. Once players like Robin came, Robinhood came in and started offering uh, mm. free, uh, free, free trades and, and fractional shares, I mean, it wasn't long before the largest players like Schwab and Fidelity basically E-Trade it's a zero sum game. I mean, you, you have to start matching it. So Coinbase is the leader right now, but my guess is as other players, like I just mentioned, BlockFi offers no, uh, no commissions that eventually it's going to go down. So there's nothing wrong with, uh, with Coinbase because my guess is eventually I, I think their fees are going to come way down. If not to zero, I just, at this point, um, as I've said, I have a very hard time paying for additional fees when there's other options that I think provide the same service, whether it's a brokerage or, or a cryptocurrency outlet that, that don't, that don't charge fees. So BlockFi is the one I, I, I chose because I heard about it. I tried it first, but I know there's other ones out there too. So that's what I would say about that. If you want to switch it up from, from the grayscale and go directly with it, I think that's a great option. And then you can just, uh, I mean, again, as we always tell the listeners, you can do your own research on which, which outlet you want to go to to actually make your your purchases. But I would keep in mind, I mean, fees are always going to be the enemy of a long-term investor. Well, and that's where uh, I guess uh, it's important to know your strengths and weaknesses. Cryptocurrency is not one of my strengths. So it's good to rely on you on that one. But 
Well, you made a good point that if you were to take essentially your, you were saying a thousand dollars and, and invest, you know, $50 every week in grayscale and in Bitcoin, that the returns you would have in Bitcoin would be far superior than if you were just putting it in grayscale. And that's, so that's just based just on think that. About. Yeah. Just on that 2% management fee. And again, I mean, you wow. said, know your strength and weaknesses. Maybe there's plenty of people that don't have the option to actually invest in Bitcoin directly. I mean, whether it's in a, a retirement account or some other uh, other vehicle, maybe they just don't have it. So again, if you want to speculate in, in crypto and that's still still an option to do that, then you can do that. But I would be aware that, yeah, those fees, it's crazy how quickly they can add up. So Coinbase ch charges the fees too. Mm -hmm. So I kind of like actually everything you're saying about the, so what's your play personally you got someone that is like, I want to do cryptocurrency. What do you think is the best way to do it? So this is an amalgamation of just other podcasts that I've listened to, okay. articles I've read, YouTube videos in my downtime. Sometimes when I'm just uh, finishing up my work on, uh, on my computer, I'll just put on some YouTube videos in the background and I'll listen to other people that, that know about uh Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, Ethereum, and just try to get an idea. And one of the things that I come down to almost every time is I still really can't wrap my head around how the blockchain works, how cryptocurrency is going to work. But what I do consistently find with everything I listen to and everything I read is that people smarter than me say there is a place for blockchain technology, not just in, in cryptocurrency, but everything from things like uh, Walmart trying to shore up their supply chain. If you're moving stuff from point A to B and it keeps getting lost in transit and you can't figure out why or where, a blockchain would help you, right? You have that block that says, here's where it's leaving this warehouse. So we have a record of it. And before it ever gets to the end point, that record has to match this record. Mm -hmm. So that's why that makes sense. Or the same thing, we just recently, there was a lot of stuff, no matter where people stand on, on our election, whether you think it was free or fair or not, I mean, blockchain would be the same thing, right? Uh, you could use blockchain technology for, for voter records. There would be no way to in dispute, like this many people voted. We can match it up here. We can match it up here. It works. So the technology is the part that makes the most sense to me. Now, whether it's going to be something like uh, Bitcoin or Ethereum or Dogecoin, Litecoin, whatever it is, I have no idea. But if you want to take a fly, flyer and speculate, with something that you're comfortable with, whether you think it is just going to be speculation, whether you think it's going to be a store of value, um, a hedge against inflation. So long, long answer short is just, I try to, the two, I, I only invest in Bitcoin and Ethereum because again, everything, those are the two front runners right now that actually have applications. I mean, so uh, I put, uh, I put in every week and about 80% of that goes into Bitcoin and 20% goes into Ethereum. And I still have no idea if it's actually going to be um, a currency, if it's just a hedge against inflation, a store of value, but I'm not putting enough money in there where if it does go to zero, that it's going to, to break me. But if something does happen, it definitely will help the uh, overall portfolio. So if let's say you sell a stock that you've had for a long time and you net, we'll say, 1500 bucks, keeping it simple. Of that 1500 bucks, what dollar amount would you be putting, if any, towards cryptocurrency at this point in time? 
I would, would put, you still be sticking with like, Ooh, I, I want to get some, you know, I've been looking at that VT, just putting in the VTI, like we talked mm -hmm. about the ETF that just uh, mirrors the uh, um, S and P 500 or is actually the entire stock market. What are you kind of hesitant? Or are you excited to put money towards? You see what I, I get excited. Like I said, I put it in every week, every and week, huh? Yes. I just try to, I, I try to do this with all my investments every, every, uh, every Monday is my day. And actually, you know what I really like about trading cryptocurrency is that unlike the stock market, I mean, most holidays fall on a Monday, right? Or even on the weekends. Uh, the nice thing about the, the blockchain is that it is uh, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. You can do it at any time of day, whenever, ever you want. So it's actually, so there's times where I've done this on the weekend or whatever, or super late at night. It's like, wow, it is really cool to, to make a transaction like this. Yeah, happen. but I wouldn't like that if it's like, oh man, I don't remember anything from last night. <laughs> last like thing I remember was doing that last shot at the bar. I bought how much in cryptocurrency? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, so you put the, the 1500. I, I, I would feel comfortable putting all of that in, but I probably still mm. wouldn't put it all in at once. Again, it's weird because when I, if you were, if you were asking me if I wanted to put, if, put a, a $1,500 windfall in the, in the stock market all at once, I probably would. I'd just be like, let's get it in the market and have it start uh, working for me immediately. But with, uh, with cryptocurrency, I'm still so unfamiliar and there's still so much I don't know, but there's a lot of other people out there that I think that, that are very smart people trust and the sentiment all seems to be that there is something here. So I would probably just continue putting it in slowly over time and probably chunks. One of my favorite things to do is just do it in thirds, right? So 1500, you could just put 500 in say one month, you could wait a month. And if it goes down, then you can look at it and say, well, I'm getting that second lot in a, a little bit cheaper. If it goes up a summer, it's gone up tremendously. You could say, well, I still got that first 500 in at, at a lower price. So you can still average. And especially for something that is still so early in, in the game and speculative, we'll do that, but. I've got it. So it's right now, April 18th. I'm like, I, 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 I'm not doing crypto at this point in time. I'm not saying that I, I'm just going on my gut here and, I just think there's, and this is where a good segue. I really like what we were talking about. Kagers. Yeah. Last weekend. And to me, I, I got to be honest. And maybe if, if you're a gambler you, or, or if you're an ultra marathon runner, I'm trying to think of a good example where I get excited buying into a company. You know, mm -hmm. I get excited. I, I always think about this. Like I think about the stocks I own of, of let me give you an example. And mm -hmm. I picture a person where their alarm clock goes off. What's the first thing they do? They pick up their Apple phone. I own Apple. They open their Apple phone. They go to Instagram. I own Instagram. It's a tangible thing. They're laying in bed, scrolling through Instagram. I own Apple. They've already touched the phone. They've opened up Instagram. They're scrolling through Instagram. They see a funny uh, uh, Barstool Sports. I own Barstool Sports. They see this funny video where in Barstool Sports, there's a point to where I'm getting here. There's there's this funny app where they're looking at Barstool Sports, which I own, about some beer pong table. And then that person decides, you know what? I'm going to go buy and build a beer pong table. So they get off the phone. They get off their house. They go get some Chipotle, which I own Chipotle. They go to Home Depot, which I own Home, Home Depot. And they buy the, and they start getting the lumber to, to, for the, the beer pong table. It's 2.30 in the afternoon and they've already hit every single stock that I own. And that's the things that 
that I look that excites me. And I just don't have that excitement. I'm sure it's all about making money and that crypto that I don't have. I, I there's so many stocks, you know, whether it's earnings season this week, which I'd like to talk a little bit about. I mean, you got J and J, CMG, Netflix. To me, I love earning seasons and stocks and watching companies grow and investing in those companies. And I understand that maybe I'm losing out and missing out on some gains. But to me, that's what I, I love, you know, whether it was you, you, you buy a stock and then all of a sudden that person's, everyone's wearing that stock all the time, whether it's the Vans, whether it's uh, Under Armour, whatever the case may be, we can go on and on. That actually excites me and getting the, the profitability just putting money in like Bitcoin. I, I don't know if that's, I don't see the excitement there. You see where I'm coming from? I do. And Isn't that I, crazy? I, I, no. And this just speaks to, um, I mean, Warren Buffett was the one that really coined the phrase, right? Your circle of competence. And if you don't know something and you don't feel comfortable about it and you don't really have the interest in doing it, then absolutely not. This ties right back into what we were saying uh, last week, right? With the, uh, with my hot tub analogy, I'm sure I could figure out and do this, but it really didn't interest me enough to do it. So yeah, if you like buying dividend paying blue chip stocks and that helps you sleep at night, no, I would never knock you or anyone else. Now, if you're asking me if there's room in a portfolio to still have a uh, speculative plays, I would think absolutely. Yeah. I would just say also this too. This is the one thing that, I mean, when, when I ask this question, we're probably just going to go down a whole nother rabbit hole too. But, um, to your same point, a lot of those companies that, that you own, I own too. I mean, Apple, Chipotle, Home Depot. And um, I often think for as big as winners as those have been in both you and I's portfolios, our investing careers basically go back, what? I mean, to the early 2000s, those companies were, I mean, uh, except Chipotle, I mean, in the case of uh, Home Depot and Apple, especially, I mean, they went public, what, in the, the 90s? Yeah, I 80s. mean, yeah, 80s, 90s. So we have tremendous amounts of value created from those just from owning them from basically 2000. Can you imagine if we had invested in, in Apple when he, when Steve Jobs was still running out of his garage, right. what a flyer you would have been taking or Home Depot when it was one, one location that Arthur Blank started in, in Atlanta. So this is the, the option that I, or this is the opportunity I see with things like with blockchain, right? It's still unknown. It can go absolutely to zero. But man, if in 20 years time, you yeah. and I are, are talking and it's like, man, remember, we just had that conversation 20 years ago with all of that day, that person just got up and they looked at their phone and then they went out and they bought all this stuff. And in 20 years, they're buying all that stuff with cryptocurrency. Yeah. Nothing. No, I mean and, and that's a good point. And I, as we talked about it last week, and I'm sure I've left a lot of gains on the table and lost opportunities. But like we talked about last week, I would rather... Like I sold XOM last week. We all right. About it before. Yeah. All right. I got some extra coin and I put it all in and I put it all in cryptocurrency. No. <laughs> that I would rather, you know, amidst the comfort level, I would rather not buy crypto now. And if it turns into something bigger down the line, I can live with that. Mm -hmm. But just buying cryptocurrency because I have to do it or cheering for Jake Paul because everyone tells me to. And I don't like Jake Paul. I don't, I'm not cheering for him that, and I lose a bunch of money, that's going to sting more than the actual missing out on the opportunity. So for right now, I'm just kind of hanging tight. Now, I think to your point, like, I love it where, you know, I, I always joke about this with the family where, 
you know, we go here and I, they, well, let's say we go to a Rockies game. I, I own Uber, which I haven't bought yet, but let's say we're taking the Uber there. Um, and then we were buying the Coke. You're seeing the products that's being used. If we can start using cryptocurrency in a daily base, in a daily function, not, and I'm not talking buying a Tesla, like, but if then maybe I'm a little bit more of a buyer. So for now, I'm for now, and then I, I don't want to spend all this time talking about cryptocurrency because I even get burnt down on it. I'm kind last, of I'm last kind point of hanging off. Last point yeah. on crypto though, because you brought up Tesla, and this is the exact reason why I have a very hard time wrapping my head around it as a a, a means of uh, transactions right now, monetary transactions. And it's the Tesla thing. I read this article because you know you, that now that. Uh, Elon has Tesla, uh, has a Bitcoin on the balance sheet. You can actually purchase your your Tesla in Bitcoin, right? Right. But they also um, every state has their return laws on cars, their lemon laws. It's something like ninety days that you can return a car for for any reason. Right. The lemon laws in place like California, it's actually much much higher, more lenient. But I was reading the the fine print, so this to me is crazy, and it sums up why I can't see using Bitcoin to buy or sell things. So if you buy the car and then you want to mm -hmm. return it within that 90 day period, Bitcoin has gone up however many fold. Right. Tesla refunds your money, not mm -hmm. in Bitcoin because they would lose it. They just cut you a check for the same amount that you paid for the car. So you get your money back in the form of a check. Now you want to sell that, uh, you want to sell that or return that car and Bitcoin has tanked. They give you the exact number of Bitcoins you paid for it, right? Wow. When it was, when it made the dollar amount, so you get <laughs> screwed. So if you're, if you, this is the part where I was like, yeah, if you're saying that I could buy or sell stuff in, in Bitcoin right now with the wild swings, this is the exact problem I have. It's not stable enough and it's going to take some central, central bank to, to get on board with Bitcoin. Before yeah. the price it could even be the point where if you return your Tesla, they're like, you owe us money. Like yeah. your Bitcoin, the Bitcoin went down so much. Yeah. yeah that's crazy. And so, I love the story you tell, because I've been saying this to people. Most people don't realize that Elon Musk didn't start Tesla. Yeah. He was just actually the number one shareholder. I'm stealing your story. And I, but I played as though it's my own. And that uh, that I got it from doing my own research. <laughs> that uh, you know what's funny? And I I'm gonna interrupt myself. <laughs> I was talking about uh, uh, COVID, and like you know all the stuff you read. If I was to do COVID all over again, I think I would like print the articles and like save them because I'm always like you know people are like well I read that blah 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 and you're like where'd you read that and you're like. I don't know. I wish I had a document of, oh, I read this back in March from this website, CNN, and they've retracted it or they've changed it. I think in my next pandemic, I'm going to print each article that I read and save it as a cross reference because it's like you're kind of, does that make sense what I'm going here? I, I get what you're saying, but I guess ultimately we would just hope for not to have an, an, another <laughs> pandemic. I mean, I guess it's never ruined. It's not like a bear market. You and I talk about, man, I want another bear market so bad so I can do this one over again, right? But I'll do it without the pandemic. Anyway. All right, so we can move past uh, cryptocurrency. Either way, I'm summarizing. I'm hanging tight here on the 18th of April. Well, let's actually see here. So right now, it'd be interesting to kind of keep... Uh, 
What's I mean, Bitcoin you can, you can do my. I mean, every personal finance blogger says what like uh, cut out all the lattes from your from your day and you'll uh, be rich in like uh, seventy five years. Uh, you could be that. You could be that guy. Be like, I am going to cut out the lattes and the coffees every day, and I'm going to put that three dollars in Bitcoin every week. Who knows? Maybe in in a year's time, you'll be like, man, three dollars so or five dollars in Bitcoin adds up. Right now, it's at fifty six thousand six hundred and fifty five dollars. Yeah, so last time I bought it was like at sixty four thousand. So this is why dollar cost average. Next time I buy, and I'll get a closer. Think to a about price. this in June of twenty twenty, July twenty seventh, it was at eleven thousand. But Bitcoins, and I'm sorry because I'm even like, hey, let's stop talking about this. Hey, do you know with Bitcoin, uh, like there's only a certain amount of Bitcoin out there, and then it, it, you're done. Like after, right? Yeah, it's 21 million, right? In uh, here, I, I mean, it's 21 million. This again is YouTube videos I watch and I still don't quite yeah. understand it, but the having every four years, you can have cut the Bitcoin in half. So they're called Satoshis and each Satoshi is, it goes out like eight decimal places and that's Satoshi. So I think you keep cutting that so you can get the the value of a, of a Bitcoin. You can just keep going deeper and deeper with the decimal points into it, right? So I think that's, but I don't know enough to, to really say if that's what it is. As I said, I just, I watch videos and I'm like, Dan, that guy seems really smart. So yeah, if he's, if he's saying you can, there's room for it in a portfolio, I can put a little. So are you a, I'm a big fan. I love earn, earning season. Are you like an earning season guy? It's weird because we used to really get jacked over earnings. Oh right? yeah. Talk a lot of them. And, um, I find myself now, I haven't really been paying as much attention, but it's really just because I've been in this kick lately where I, I, I rarely watch CNBC anymore and I just tune out a lot of the noise. So I actually, yeah. I don't, I don't know too much with, with, uh, earnings reports. It, well, here's the, I go through phases because if you really do your research for a company and you really are long the company, it really shouldn't matter what the earnings are. Mm -hmm. But it's still fun. It's kind of going back to the whole Bitcoin thing where, I, yeah, you can make money on it. But to me, I like seeing earnings so, and things changing and companies getting bigger and companies getting smaller. And so here's what we got on Monday. Do you mind if we do a little earnings talk? And then I want to do some Kager talk. Yeah. And uh, let's make it into, uh, so you're talking earnings coming up on Monday. Name some companies too and put it in a buy, sell and hold as well. So, Ooh, yeah. I like it. So we got the 19th on Monday. I'm just going to, I'm not going to go through all of them. You've got United Airlines. What I think they're going to crush earnings, right? I don't know. UAL. I'm a, I've, I own UAL, bought it twice, bought it first at 60, which I thought was the, the bottom. And then I bought it again at 22. So I'm kind of long. And this is the, my uh, COVID vaccine. Everyone's going back to work kind of play. I like United. What do you think? Um, I, I would buy more Bitcoin before I, I buy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, funny. All right. So we got United. Um, let's see what else we got. Um, I'm trying to think of M&T, a bunch of banks. KO, Coca-Cola. They're going to be opening. They've got their earnings on Monday, the 19th. Um, that's really kind of a boring day. Let's see what we got on Tuesday. Tuesday, we've got a lot going on. Tuesday, you've got AutoNation, Abbott Laboratories. 
Um, see speaking, of, uh, speaking of Abbott Laboratories, uh, yeah. ABT, you ever heard the story of the um, the secretary? I think she was basically a receptionist for, for Abbott uh, Laboratories. And this goes back to the, um, to the 50s, I want to say it was. And so basically this, um, this young receptionist, I don't remember how much she pays, but she gets offered the chance to buy uh, shares of, of Abbott. And it was something like an $800 investment that she made in, in Abbott. Could have been less. I don't remember what it is or how many shares. But the story was that when this woman had died in her 80s or something, she was a very reclusive woman, didn't have any family or whatever. It was something like her value in those Abbott uh, shares were worth uh, $8 million. She oh, had just wow. never done anything with them reinvested every single dividend. And this woman also lived very frugally, but nobody knew, but she was a, a multimillionaire. And I want to say maybe it wasn't even $800. Maybe it was just initially three shares that she had purchased was all she had uh, money for. And just, we're talking 50. So, I mean, this went, this was, I want to say five years back that I heard this, we're talking well over 50 plus years of just holding it. And it's just- Well, that's what they say. I don't know the exact statistic. Maybe I can look it up for next time is that- they say that there's this group of people that that have crazy, crazy returns and profitability, and it's people that have invested in the market and do the drip dividend reinvestment program. They die, mm -hmm. do not touch anything. And I'm not telling people go out and die so you can have the best returns <laughs> ever, but I'm saying don't touch anything. And then it keeps, and if, you, if you're picking those good, legit companies, those blue chip companies that you stand behind do your research on they just keep growing and growing and giving you dividends and more and more and more that it's a pretty alarming um, number you can get it was fidelity that, i want to say it was fidelity that did that study they were looking they were doing an audit on their books or something and they're like who is the best performing people on a of our customers or whatever and it came out to people that died and didn't set up uh anything of beneficiaries in the account. So the accounts just continue to sit there or the other people were people that set up an account and forgot about it or people that were gifted an account and didn't even know about it. But to your point, the best performing, I think it was Fidelity that did this study were people that died and then no other living family members knew that, that they had this account and it just stayed there not being touched compounding. Well, and that's where, you know, I have an example where with, uh, I know we talked about briefly with before with Home Depot last week, but I mean, I bought Home Depot. I looked at it almost 10 years ago. It's a good blue chip company and it it's a, it's 10 times earning a 10 bagger here. Going back to the earnings though, the reason why I also like earnings is you've got big movement, right? Sometimes we'll look following the market can be boring. You know, if you're following, you know, Walmart and it's up a percent, down a percent, up a percent, down a percent, whatever the case may be, it sometimes can get a little tedious and boring. And when you have those earnings, you know, on Tuesday, you've got Netflix, you've got J&J, &J, like Johnson & Johnson. That's going to be fun to watch, actually. When was the last time you were excited to see an earnings call from Johnson & Johnson? I think with all the vaccines, the pushback, all this stuff, I think it's going to be fun to see Then There's going to be movement. Netflix, I think, is going to have movement. I think that's one of the biggest ones you're going to see in earnings season. Netflix um, moves a lot during earnings, right? Yeah, I like I like seeing that movement. I saw this I saw this tweet the other day, and it was somebody had uh, tweeted a screenshot of Netflix, and it was basically from the six month period from um, April of 2011 through yeah. October of uh, 2011. 
And in that span, that six month span, Netflix was down 75%. And then basically the, the, the end day was, was like five days before their earnings, their next earning report. And they crushed it on subscriber growth. And then the, the stock popped huge. And then from there it kept going up. But I mean, you and I, we talked Netflix way back in the day, even during the great financial uh, crisis. Remember you and I were both looking at it and it's just like, I couldn't pull the trigger on it, but there's Netflix is one of the epitome of stocks. that has been down drawdowns of 70 plus percent multiple times. It takes some, some intestinal fortitude to, to stick with a company that's that volatile. It's not for everybody. And well, and then is Tootsie Roll, <laughs> they're reporting Tootsie Roll is like the candy, right? They're their own st- no. Yeah, Tootsie yeah. Roll one of the and... one of the boys owns Tootsie Roll. It's a uh, it's a dividend aristocrat. Oh <laughs> man, I did not know that. We've got J and J. Let's see if there's anything else that I like. I don't know why, but do you think you know when you do stock symbols? Is Hog one of the best stock symbols for Harley <laughs> Davidson? Yeah, except that it's just I'm not a, I'm not a fan of it. It's just but... yeah, it's irrelevant. Um, I think Coinbase nailed it too with coin, right? Isn't that their ticker symbol? Yeah. I mean, ooh, just cool. something so on the money. You got P and G, but I think uh, that's Tuesday. And then don't worry. I know this is boring, everyone. I'll do Wednesday and we can yeah, come. We I think Wednesday. Yeah, we've got, um, yes, let's see here. Spirit Airlines. It'll be interesting to see what happens with those. Um, and then we got Chipotle. Las Vegas Sands Corp, they've got to be down. Anyway, enough about um, earnings season. I think it will be interesting to see what, uh, what what we're talking about next week and if there's been any big movers. Let's talk a little bit Kager. And before we go, Kager, why don't you explain again to everyone what a Kager is? Kager. Kager. Kager uh, C-A-R-G, compounded annual growth rate. It's just when you think about um, any investment, really, how much does it go up? year over over year it goes up 10 percent one year 12 percent the next year down 30 percent up 40 that type of thing you take those uh returns with the uh with the formula and you get the average annualized rate of uh return that's what the uh kager is and uh when you're talking you big that, fan of kagers right i think i am so i'm yeah. also i'm just a big fan of the rule of 72 you ever heard of the rule of 72 please please go into detail you take you take your kager you take 72 or you divide it by your, your Kager. And that uh, gives you a rough idea of how long it takes your money to, to double. Right. So oh. uh, if you just basically the one that I shoot for, and this really has nothing to do other than when I first invested, I heard somebody basically, I don't know who it was said, you know, if you can get a 15% annualized return every, every year, you're in good shape. And if you divide a uh, 72 by 15, I think it comes out to roughly five years, you'd be, be doubling your, your money. So uh, that's just something that, that I shoot for. If you're getting a, I mean, knowing that the stock market over the, the course of time, the number they tout is anywhere from 10 to 11% before inflation. So yeah, if you can get a 15% return in investments, that's, that's good. And anything over that is, is just gravy, right? Even better. So for our socials at two buds talk stocks, let's put the formula of that on there today. Right. So it's, I think it's good for us to have that formula out there. I, I didn't want to look. So last time we left, we were talking about top 50 Kagers, right? This was based over, somebody tweeted this over the last 15 years. So 15 from two, years. And I didn't 2006 look it up to now. because mm-hmm. I liked where the list was going. I think, where where did we leave, leave out? Why don't you start over with the list again? I like we left off at eight. So 
going back from basically April of, 20, of 2006 to uh, April of uh, 2021. These were the, the 50 best performing. And I'm guessing these, based on these names, it must be just the, that's nah, not the S&P 500. It's because they're small caps. So yeah, the 50 best performing. So number one on the list was Netflix. The annualized- You still buy our Netflix, right? Yep. I'm still- Still love Netflix. Yep. Okay. Um, Netflix annualized return, the Kager year over year for the last 15 years, it has gone up 38.7%. That's crazy. It is. Wow. I like how you started with one first. You didn't like maybe build <laughs> things up a little bit, like maybe start Jumping at right like in. 25. All right. What's two, two again? Um, two, you were very, very bearish on this, which I'm also an, an owner of. I, uh, I'm a, I'm a fan of, if uh, you're telling me the travel space, uh, I don't know how to play it. So I would just go booking holdings, right? The overall oh. travel space. You can book your cruise, your airfare, your hotel, your car rental. Next. Um, just to put in perspective, though, booking holdings, the former price light company, over the last 15 years, year over year, it's gone up 35.5%. Man, that's pretty nice. Now, as part of the reason that you don't like it is just because you're like, man, I never got in on that. Now I'm going to miss the game. No, I just think that, do you know what a moat is? Warren uh, Buffett's term? Let's, moat. let's give the listeners, explain it for the listeners. A moat is a Warren Buffett turn where essentially you have no competition. So I actually thought about a moat driving this weekend. You want to know what, tell me if you think where I had to go to the dump right? Mm -hmm. I had to load up my car, took my son with me, went to the dump and it was the local dump Salida dump company, right? It wasn't waste management. Mm -hmm. Now to me, waste management is a moat, M-O-A-T, because they have no competition really, right? The little dinky, like local dump place for my community that is the competition for waste management. There's really no competition to it. And so you could say that Google is a moat because it really doesn't have any competition with them. You could say that um, Apple is a moat, right? Now you can get split hairs on that one. But to me with bookings.com, I don't think it's a moat. I think there's a lot of different websites, whether it's now if they own, maybe if, you know, Truvaga, if they own Truvaga, cool. Sure, if they Truvaga, own, they own a but they own, um, if they own like TripAdvisor, if they own all hotels.com, if they own all those sites, and I'll take back what I say. But if there's a lot of, if, 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 you know, cause Google has their own, you know, I feel that they're not a moat. Netflix used to be a moat, right? They were the hands down, the number one streaming service, you know, and then everyone else got their own streaming. Do you agree with how I explain what a moat is? Um, yes, I will say that it is true moats are harder and harder to come by in this day and age. We think waste management's a moat, right? Um, it's simple yes or no question. Let's question actually, because now I was, <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, I guess 
depending on where you are, right? I guess the same thing where I am too. I don't have waste management, but the same garbage company I have. So yeah, I mean, anything that's utility, your water company, your power company, they've got a pretty big moat. There's not new players that are just like, I want to start rivaling you to pick up your, uh, your trash. doesn't mean a company can't do it, but it's very hard. So yes, I will say that not maybe just waste managed, just your local trash company, the company that picks up your garbage and your recycling probably has a high barrier to entry. It's not going to just be easier for another company. Just right. But up. there's no, there's no other, there's not three garbage companies yeah. and waste management to me. I, I think of all of them. So uh, here's another good example of moat too, because you could also say the Coca-Cola has a moat. They are. There yeah. is I mean, for the Coke, there's Pepsi, there's Monster Energy, there's tons and tons right. of energy drink companies. But what Coca-Cola has is market share. It has one of the most recognized names and logos in the entire world, and it has pricing power. The, the famous saying, right, is that if Coke just increased their product price by one cent every day, they would make additional million dollars every single day did you know revenue. and i don't know if this is still true but it used to be for the longest time that coke was the number one soft drink in the world mm -hmm. and then diet coke was the number two soft drink in the world yeah i believe it ko man speaking so, of like companies that just don't move ko i know is like a huge dividend stock you know, they've been in the 50s for what 15 years now <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. But if you, if you're, if you, I guess if you're, uh, and, um, reinvesting all those dividends, right. Your cost yeah. is actually going down. So theoretically Coca-Cola could always, as you say, just stay at $50, but at some point, if over enough period of time, right. Your cost basis would be $0, right. You have not paid anything. You would got money back. So you're like, yeah, of course it stays at 50 forever, but, uh, my cost basis keeps going down. So, well, and, uh, do you know what's funny with my Exxon? His, I bought Exxon at 56. He sold at 56. 10 years later, I sold it for 56.38. <laughs> That's like but, a Kager of 0.0001%. But I had, with the dividends that they paid, I mean, I definitely made money for sure. Yeah, it lowered your cost money. basis, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what do we, uh, so we had. Um, yeah, so we'll get this list moving here. Uh, three, yeah. Amazon. Uh, four, Align Technologies. This is the one that is basically a line is just the, uh, the maker of the invisible braces, the Invisalign. Right. Uh, five TDG Transdyne. I actually don't know this company. I think they make those rigs, those offshore oil rigs, but that doesn't seem right. I can't imagine. No, they're, they're plant. actually a recycle company that goes against waste management. I'm oh. just kidding. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> like, could, could, could I don't be, know. Could be. All right. Uh, yeah. Apple. Big fan. Still yeah, a big fan. Yeah, all these still above 30%. Apple is the last one, 30.9% per year. Jeez, next. Um market access holdings. I own this, I own this too. This is a good one. It's a uh, trading platform. They specialize in bond trading. It's a way to get exposure to the fixed income market without buying bonds. Ooh, so it's a, like a grayscale, but <laughs> not in crypto. I like it. What's their percentage on a yearly basis? 29.8% over the last 15 years. That's pretty good. It is. This is they where we let it in. They do. Yep. I kind of like that because most, I hate bonds like anyone else, mm -hmm. but if you're getting a dividend, what's that symbol? It is MKTX. MKTX. All right, cool. I like it. Keep going. This is where we left off. 
my my favorite, old uh, Sammy Adams here, Boston Beer Sam, Company. That's right, man. Yes. <laughs> we just talked about that last week, so we can keep going. <laughs> Number nine, Tyler Technologies. I think this is in the healthcare space. I think they're medical instruments. 27.4% per year. Is that probably the worst name we have, right? Tyler? That's What's probably next? the perfect idea of just that boring company that nobody knows and just looks over. And there's probably some guy that's just been in it forever. And he's just did it. He's like, oh, my kid's name's Tyler. I'll buy that one. And he's just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, stock investing is really easy. Um, number 10, aluminum, I-L-L-U-M-I-N-A. They're a uh, healthcare space. I think they're genetics. And so how then, many healthcares do we have then in there too? The, there's uh, three so far with the line technology. Oh, that's right. Tyler Technologies and Illumina. Tyler Tech. I'm going to use that. You've never heard of Tyler Technologies? <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, that should turn like out 30%. that I'm totally wrong. Yeah. And it's not healthcare. I, have, I think I have no idea. Uh, number 11. I don't know this company. Pega Systems. P-E-G-A. I've never heard of this company. 25.7% over the last 15 years. Wow. All right, let's look them up. What's the symbol? P-E-G-A. Just based on this though, don't tell me um, and tell me if I'm right. Pega and the, and the fact that it has systems in there, systems makes me think technology. So I'm just going to say it's a technology company and I'm going to guess software. Um, or hardware software or hardware that's a pretty safe bet right <laughs> i'm actually just looking at the symbol and the uh and the of um gosh it's trading at 129 let's look at this chart so yeah te- you're talking saf- software tech what'd you say hardware software pega systems yeah i i said uh technology just based on the word systems and then i went with the uh the cover myself i said it's probably either hardware or software right i like it i kind of like that you know what i like some of these companies we're going to put this on our website too or not the website on the our socials maybe do like maybe a block every uh couple times this week i kind of like these companies man i, I it's it, it goes to show that you don't, it, everything's not just household names and you can still be crushing it. If you look at their five year, I mean, this is, this is a good chart. So Pegasus Systems, PGA, I like it. Um, they even pay a dividend too. All these companies pay dividends, I, I think so far. What's next? Um, this one made news not to, I mean, several months back. Regeneron Pharmaceuticals. I'm not going to look up the pharmaceutical company, but how long, what's their percentage? Um, over 15 years, 25.6. All right, I'm going to look them up now. What's their stock symbol? <laughs> Regeneron, R-E-G-N. Why were they in the news recently? Um, this is going back probably to last year. I mean, this is... I mean, I, you and I both agree, I hate getting into political talk, but this is the company that had that experimental drug. And when Trump got COVID. Oh, are you kidding me? This is the company that had that, uh, that they got the executive order to give them the trial of it. I'm wondering if they took a huge dump when they realized 
it didn't do anything <laughs> right well yeah maybe we should check back in 15 years from from now and see over the next 15 yeah, years how they yeah. do. <laughs> well i mean if you're looking at yeah get this in june of 2020 it was trading at 643 dollars a share what do you think it's trading at right now um i'm gonna say it's taking uh 20 20 haircut in the 400s 502 pretty close all right so all right wow i did not know that i can use that too that would have been good at a cocktail party when they're like hey you know have you heard about this hydro regeneron makes it or agn <laughs> i'm more of a i'm more of a uh uh of, of a pagan <laughs> <laughs> all right what's next keep going so this, actually go ahead i was gonna say this next company i think i'm gonna curious to get your thoughts but i think this one could be one of the first ones that I really see on here that is a good example of a, of a moat based okay. on the, the company and the industry. So the company, Old Dominion. Oh, oh now there are they OD? Is that right? OD. Yeah, OD, ODL, ODFL. ODFL, yeah, Old Dominion Freightline. Gosh, well, wouldn't like Mayflower, you know, when the Cleveland Gosh. or the, uh, the Colts moved Mayflower? But there's, those could be all private. There's there's tons, there's tons of Freightline companies, right? From UPS to FedEx to Old Dominion to Mayflower. But just when I think about what a moat is to the barrier to entry, if you and I wanted to start our own freight company right now and compete with those, it'd be hard to gain market share. It'd be hard to get pricing power, right? I mean, the routes that they have established with the companies uh, that they that they service, it's probably long term contracts. They they can control their their own destiny so to speak right so here's what's crazy and this is like happens so in august of 1992 they were trading at dollar 47 right 90 mm -hmm. 1992 and then you go back to 2005 six dollars right and i'm not trying to say like oh they they don't i'm just trying to say they're essentially a penny stock right they're they're well not penny but they're below ten dollars you, you got them coming from oh five oh nine Below now, is that account, so is our, if you're on Yahoo Finance there, is that where it accounts for if you had reinvested the dividends and any stock splits? Because that's where it looks super low, right? If it's a dollar, but that's accounting if you if you did the dividends. This or one's not breaking down the dividends. Okay. But the point I'm getting at is that even in 2018, it was trading at $89 and now it's trading at $253. All this thing has done, when you look at these charts, even a five-year chart, these are the charts that you're seeking after. In 2016, it was at $47 a share. It's now trading at $251. Doesn't matter with COVID, not COVID, housing market, not housing market, what bear market, bull. this thing just goes up and it pays a dividend too. It is a good example of just what you want in an investment too. It's a, a defensive a, play. Yeah, a boring company that just, when times are good, people spend their money and need goods transported. And when times are bad, people spend money and they need goods transported. Yeah. Right? Do you ever wonder why like Amazon, and, and I like where we're going. I don't want to get, to get off topic and talk about Amazon, but I'm just wondering why, did you see FedEx crushed their earnings? Why Amazon doesn't have more like, Anyway, forget. It. I don't. I don't want to get on an Amazon tangent here. So let's keep going. I like this. What, what do you got next? I like ODL, ODFL. Yeah, 
This would be the one right there out of all these companies right now. If you were going to start building a portfolio based out of these companies, I think you could start with something like Old Dominion as a staple, right? I mean, it's just mm-hmm. a good defensive play. All right. You could even, with the stocks we've talked about, you could even go talk about this for, for, for talk, you know, diversification. You do a little ODFL, mm-hmm. pays a dividend. You do a little Apple, that's tech pays a dividend. You do a little, um, what was that pharmaceutical company? Uh, Pega? No, actually Pega Software pays a dividend. Then you can probably even do a little Netflix, which is streaming, doesn't pay a dividend. That's kind of four different. I mean, I guess Pega and Apple might be the same sector, but um, but I put, I, mean, of- I put Pega and Apple, but I would also say, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. At this day and age, Apple is still a technology company, right? But yeah. the more they diversify into other things, especially now the 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 app store, right, and and selling services, isn't it almost ingrained in in the ecosystem when you buy a product that it's almost a consumer staple now? If you use an Apple yeah. iPhone, which you and I do, are we ever at this point really going to switch from an Apple iPhone to something else? And once if you use Apple um, iTunes, or if you have the Apple box or whatever, you're going to switch. So can't you almost consider it a staple if you're really in the Apple ecosystem? Like a consumer good? Yeah. Like it's I mean, no different. The AirPods, it's not really a tech is when you're buying the AirPods, you're buying the Apple phone. It's no different than buying the, the, the pizza Domino's DPZ. Well, if you're looking at a consumer staple company like Procter and Gamble, right? People use the products, either they buy the, uh, the, the uh, Crest toothpaste or they buy the Pampers for their kids or whatever. And they're probably loyal to that brand and they just buy it over and over again. So can't we say that if you are in the Apple ecosystem, you're probably loyal to it at this point, you're just going to always be an Apple person. So that's why to me, Pega, if you had Pega as the software, Apple, you've got the phone and the AirPods, the actual consumer good, old Dominion's delivering them. And then you kind of sit back and while after you've watched your gains and made all this money, watch a little better call Saul on Netflix. I like it. <laughs> what are we, what's, what number are we at? 11? Um, we are going on to number 14. What's 14 here? I like this one a lot. Uh, NVIDIA. Ooh. Chip. They, uh, and I know the symbol NVDIA, right? No. N- uh, NVDA. I NVDA. I like NVIDIA too. That's um, there. They finally, finally broke that 500. They were at 500 forever. It seemed mm-hmm. like, and now they're trading at $636 a share. They even pay a dividend. Mm-hmm. I even liked them back when they were in 400. I like NVIDIA. And have you noticed, um, I think I'm going to do this wrong. I can't remember. Sorry if I'm putting myself on the spot here, but they're, they're going to make, like, is it Apple that's making a new computer where you get to pick what chip you want to put in there? Or it's like a phone or something? Have you heard about this? Yeah, well, Apple was cutting out Intel altogether. It was going to make their own yeah. chip, or was it giving the option? But to I, your- think, I can't remember what it was, like whether it was a phone or a computer or something where you get to pick. Either way, I'm butchering this. If you had to take NVIDIA or AMD, I'm taking NVIDIA, right? Oh, I'm taking, I mean, I am an owner of NVIDIA and yes, I'm buying more. Have you also heard about the chip shortage? There's actually a semiconductor chip shortage. I mean, it's something like the average car alone now 
needs 38 different chips in it. I mean, cars are basically just moving computers at this point. So, I, I mean, just as a whole in the semiconductor uh, space, everything from uh, graphics cards to gaming machines to uh, somebody just building a computer and they want to try to mine Bitcoin or your cars or computers, watches, handheld devices, everything. Well, and, and what I like about NVIDIA too, they're in so many ETFs. So if you just want to get some of your tech ETFs, you know, it's going to be mm -hmm. in the VGT is going to have it in there. Just buying NVIDIA. I'm already kind of thinking if you just bought all these companies, I, I wouldn't disagree with that so far. I mean, I, I actually, the probably the weakest one is just gut here. The, 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 the pharmaceutical one, the Rengeron one. Rengeron? <laughs> Regeneron, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I mean, I think their specialty is overall is uh, cancer therapies is what I think they really do focus on. So if if you're telling me that there's room for a company that is trying to eradicate cancer, I, I think there's probably that there's a future in that. All right. So I like Nvidia. Uh, pays a dividend as well too. Crushed their earnings, right? Isn't that yeah. what they, they were up huge. Yeah. What else you got? It's crazy to think that that is 14th on the list and it is still 25% a year, their Kager. I mean, that's yeah. amazing. And it's only 14th, right? Um, let me see here. Um, this is an, they've actually been around for a while. And here's, it's their, their chart is almost identical to old D where they were trading at a dollar below $20 forever. And then just the last, 15 years they've just been doing really good I'm, I'm a fan of nvidia that's another one that has had a lot of drawdowns same way we talked about uh netflix again not for the the faint of heart it's had some some major drawdowns so what's next i don't know this company 15 is metafast oh meta uh what's their symbol med I want to say it's got to be a healthcare company, but well, let's see here. It makes me think uh, consumer personal services. I like to, I'd like to think it's like a, um, do they make supplements of some sort? Yeah. That's what I was trying to think here. Some of the comparisons are, yeah. Like a new skin, Steve Madden. So I, I think Metafast. all I'm just seeing right here is that it's a consumer it makes me think of those like protein types. Oh, here it is. Or yeah, yeah. It's like Stuff weight loss, weight yeah. management, healthy living products, other so consumable health and nutritional products. So this is the first kind of all the ones that we've gone through. They make pretzels, drinks, hearty choices, oatmeal. Do they make cake. Insure? The one I'm always thinking about is Insure, those those Insure drinks or whatever. Yeah, they're headquartered in Maryland. So it's it's kind of... They're all about their uh, weight loss management. It doesn't give all the names, um, but that's kind of interesting. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be a buyer of it. They pay a huge dividend, 2.4%. That's pretty good. And they're trading at $237 a share. They've something happened to them because look at this chart. This is crazy. I don't know. I'll have to, we could do more research on this. We're on a five year. They were trading at $238 in 2018. And then they were trading at $67 in 2020. 
and then they're back up to two hundred and thirty seven dollars. Does it show a split? Was it a um did they this doesn't maybe they did split? I always look if a chart went down that much. I feel that whatever the whether you're Yahoo or Google Finance or whatever, you have to get that little I think you have to pay for that now. Yeah. That almost makes me think it's a split then. But yeah, they're like new skin, is they're uh they might actually be they, this is the opposite of a moat because there's so many so many different comp- companies kind of doing the same thing. Matter of fact, what's what's next? Um let's see. We got uh Skywork Solutions. I know this company. Are you Skywork? Selling- oh wait, Skynet <laughs> Terminator <laughs> company, right? They made what's their the symbol. They made the chip that made it all possible. Um SWKS. So that means we've got, is this a semiconductor as well? Yes, it is. They so specialize have... They specialize in um, chips for um, cell phones. So it's uh, a 5G play. They're probably going to make a lot of the, the, the cell phone chips that go into, um, into uh, phones that are going to be 5G compatible. So if you're talking cell phones, semiconductors, you've got NVIDIA, Skyworks, and Apple all three are in the top 15 then, right? Yes. Now that would almost seem like to me that could be too much concentration and still in one area. I mean, yeah. they definitely have some synergies there, but maybe too much. Again, if you're looking for some diverse, more diversification. So they're at, they paid dividend too. Every stock except Netflix pays a dividend on this list. Well, I was going to say we skipped over booking in Amazon. And oh so, yeah. Okay. We got it. Let's, let's go back to that one. What's their symbol? Which one? Uh, bookings. B K N G. And I'm actually B K N G. That's bang holdings corp. Uh, B K N G. The show's booking. I'm pretty sure that's booking. That's oh, B K N G. Anyway. Oh man. Bookings is trading at $2,400 a share. I uh, consumer made my first purchase at twelve hundred. No big deal. All right, let me see if it's actually going to indicate. All right, so we're going back a little bit here. Rentalcars.com, Priceline. Do you think Priceline? If people knew that, um, Priceline. Was him that uh, you consider that a moat? Remember the old uh, William Shatner commercials? So Bookings actually owns Kayak, Priceline, RentalCars.com. Hmm. Wow. You bought a $1,200. That's pretty good. $2,400. And they do not pay a dividend. So Bookings, the first, the top two companies do not pay a dividend. And then Amazon's next. So that one. Oh, then Amazon doesn't pay a dividend. Yeah. So the top three. And I don't think Align Technologies, the Invisalign company, I don't think they they do either. So it's basically, I'd say the first five, because Transdime, I don't know what Transdime does, but maybe say the top five. So yeah. if you think about it, that's crazy because that growth is all just pure price appreciation. I mean, you think of something like Apple, a lot of that growth or a lot of that uh, Kager is still from reinvested dividends. I mean, this list is assuming you're reinvesting. Yeah, Tyler Technologies, they don't pay dividends. So I embarrassed myself. They all don't pay dividends, but actually none of, not a lot of them do. So you've got Tyler's in there, their software. So really 
that's what just goes to show you how impressive bookings.com is, is that you are amongst a bunch of semiconductors, software companies, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, and you got bookings in there. I can actually MetaFast. That's pretty impressive. They're in there too. They're all pretty impressive, really. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we still are um, here on this list. We're, we're at 16. I mean, we still got ways to go. We can almost break this down into a, a, another episode. I like want, going through these because they're yeah, all good companies. They are. That's what I'm saying. Let's we just make this more. segment. Let's do let's, one more. Let's do this. Let's, uh, we'll do one more. And then uh, I have some, uh, some, some closing thoughts on this too that I'm curious to get your, your thoughts on as well. So uh, what are we on? We're on number 17. Yeah. I, I, I don't know this company. It's called Exponent Incorporated, EXPO. Exponent. I'm just I'm going tech. And they make components. I'm going to say hardware. They, they make the casing. Actually, they're in direct competition with waste management. I'm just kidding. Uh, consulting services, industrials. So there are together with subsidiaries operates as a science and engineering consulting company, analysis of product development, product recall. I'm trying to get to the meat of this. Uh, essentially, they're a consulting firm. It amazes me how much money is to be made in consulting. And they're located in uh, right in uh, in the Bay Area, like Sunnyvale. Okay. Right where you know all those tech companies are. Yeah, so I'm wondering so if that's cool. where they derive a lot of their income. Is I wonder if they're doing a bunch of the consulting for all the tech companies. It would make sense. It'd probably be easy, easy to make the connection. Seeing as out there right in the middle of Silicon Valley. Boy, that was kind of a dud stock to review, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> not as exciting, but that's I mean, probably it's still, it's still doing twenty four point seven percent a year. Yeah, it's crazy. Pays a dividend too. I mean. There's and been, it's a steady eddy. I mean, when you look at their chart, it's crazy. It's just literally just constantly going up. I kind of, you know, what, but what's nice about it too is that there's nothing in the other ban branch of the other 16 that are even nothing's in the same sector. Because yeah. at least you could make a thing where Sky, Skyware, whatever that one was. Skywork Solutions. Skywork Solutions, NVIDIA, they're kind of the same thing. But with bookings and with Exponent, Exponent, they're in there on an island by themselves. That's kind of respectable. I mean, so what I'm saying is, and this was what I was going to close with. I mean, I say we just made this a multi-part segment. We can keep going through this, this list. And when we're all said and done, we'll just tie it up as far as if we were trying to make a a portfolio of say at least 20, 20 stocks that, that didn't overlap too much. But based on these first 17 that we've done, I'm thinking like you, the only two that you could really call two of a kind is uh, NVIDIA and um, Skyworks Semiconductors. But um, again, how many of these, uh, these companies that, that we own and um, it, it almost ties back to an, to a, an earlier point I made, and, and Apple's the example that comes to mind. So Apple's a company that has been traded publicly. I think they went public in, in 84 or something. And here we are, 2021. And over the last 15 years, you're telling me that that established company is still compounding 
at 30% a year. That just shows you, again, um, time is the, uh, the best friend of a, of a wonderful business, as Warren Buffett says, right? Or something like that just generates boatloads of uh, cash flow and makes awesome products. And you and I benefited from, from being owners for, for many, many years. I like actually this exercise because all these stocks are winners and they have been for 15 years. Yeah. And, and all these companies too, at least the ones that I know of, it's, I mean, they, you can say they stood the test of time. If a company has been around uh, publicly traded for, for 15 years now, I mean, you can say it's, I don't know. Can we say, I, I mean, it's an established company at that point. I mean, Netflix is to the point now where they're starting to consistently reach uh, or ca- being cash flow low positive if they choose. I mean, they're they still reinvest most of their their money back into original content, but well, Amazon's the same way. It it generates cash. They just keep reinvesting it. And I'm actually wondering then if it wouldn't be a buy to go back to the Regeneron, because wonder if they took a dip solely because of the whole Trump thing. And, and, and they're now more of a, you're paid to wait. They pay, they don't pay a dividend, but if they are actually now trading at $500 a share, and if you're looking, oh, hold on, my computer's freezing up on me here, but just real kind of a final thought. And again, I, I know I'm, you know, contradicting myself, which is fine. I do that all the time. But my point is, is that if, if they have an artificial dip because they were trading at 623 and they're going to be back at trading at 623. People are going to forget about this in a couple of months. You know, it might not be a, a bad company to look at. No, here's something else. I'm looking at this screenshot that I had and we've been just looking at the, um, the Kagers on these, but this screenshot also shows things like the market capitalization in 2006 and what it is now. And then mm-hmm. there's also, it shows sales. So here's one that's that's crazy. I'll just pick Apple because again, out of all of these, it is probably the most profitable company. But to put this in perspective, the market cap, and again, for, for our listeners, if you just take the stock price and you take the total number of shares outstanding, multiply the two together, that's that's what gives you the market capitalization. So in 2006, the market capitalization of Apple was $60.6 billion. So even by today's standard, that's still a large company. Today, $2.1 trillion. So, I mean, if that stock has gone up 30% per year, therefore the market cap has also gone up 30% per year. And it almost seems... So here's a good one. huge to me when you think in terms of of that that market cap. So... If you probably, you've done the Kager, which shows over 15 years that it's um, what it's done over the last 15 years. I, I can tell you a guess. Do you guess which of the top 15 Kagers for the last 15 years has the smallest market cap? Do you know what it would be? Out of the ones we've done so far? We've done so far. I bet you it's going to be Exponent. Exponent is 5.2 billion in market cap. That's essentially a small cap company. That's Mid a great cap point. is about 15 billion. Yes, yeah. that's, that's small cap. It's um, 
It's that de- well, it's definitely, I'd say at least in the mid cap, but to your point, yeah, because it's showing you know what the market cap was in 2006? <laughs> what it was 256 million dollars was its market cap. That's like that's micro cap. I don't know. Is that micro cap or is that just small cap? That is that, that's trying to tell you that with exponent that essentially since they came, they, they started in 91, they were small, 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 small. They essentially have so much more room to grow. And for the last 15 years, I bet you, if you just, and they have a dividend, they've got room to grow exponent. So I'll do you, I mean, right. If I'm just doing the math of you're doing the last best Kagers of the last 15 years, and you're taking the smallest market cap company. So I'd be, I'd be curious to see this because I'm looking at one other on the list that we've done. So, so Metafast maybe, I don't know what they yeah, are. Is even, is even smaller. So, Oh, when, you're right. Metafast is 2.7 billion. So here's a good, and I like where you're going with this because this is one of the, uh, one of the tenants I use when I'm, when I'm, looking at a company now, I don't necessarily look at things like um, valuation and metrics because a lot of companies that are in their early growth stages, I mean, that kind of stuff isn't going to give you a, a true, true picture. But if you look at the company's market capitalization, you can kind of get a gauge to, to judge, especially if you're comparing apples to apples. So if we were to use Metafast as an example, if we look at some of those other companies that are in the same space, like uh, New Skin, or I'm even thinking Weight Watchers Group would be a good one. So if Metafast is trading at, I mean, if their market cap is 2.6 billion right now, mm-hmm. to double in price again, to be a double, that would basically only put them at $5.2 billion, right? Yep. Market cap. So is there anything in the space right now that's that's at a, at a 5.2 billion market cap of, of those close competitors? Well, so these are the, um, I like where you're going with this. These are the same or similar sectors. Mm-hmm. So we have, let's just kind of do a quick comparison. So we've got Metafast MED, which is trading at 237, $237 a share, a market cap of 2.7 billion. They do pay a dividend, a huge one. And if we look at you, uh, let's see here, USANA Health Services, they're kind of their, we'll call them their peer stocks. Their market cap is 2 billion. Okay. Um, then we're going to go look at um, New Skin Enterprises, which we kind of know what that is. New Skin, 2.65 billion. Okay. So small cap, small cap. Now, Steve Madden, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to click on them. I'm going to do, uh, yeah, we'll click on Steve Madden. Steve Madden, 3 billion. So, that's so really, to your point, if you're probably saying Metafast, and I guarantee you, if you, because we've talked about this before on the podcast, if you look at earnings and earnings per share and balance sheets, I guarantee you, if you break down balance sheets, the cash um, flow, all that stuff of Metafast compared to USA and A Health Services, Nexstar, um, new skin, I bet you they destroy all of them. It's not even close. Yeah, it's really interesting. Right? Yeah, it does. Looking at the space, there's another website that I go to. It's called uh, finviz.com and it has stock screeners. 
So you can, one of the things I always like doing is pick the company that I'm looking at. What's, what's the web, web website? It's called finviz.com. So I think it's short for financial visualization. It's F-I-N-V-I-Z.com. See, I didn't know this. I'm learning something new today. Oh, this is cool. So, so let's do MedFast, right? Yeah. So at that top left there where you can search for a ticker symbol, if you just yep. put in med. Ooh, nice. I like this. You can actually see in here what's called the death cross. And so this is, this is a cool site. So and then I'm going to add another one. We're going to add MedFast and then I'm going to do um, NewSkin and US. So Compared to, go ahead. Actually, Mike, so you see there where you're on that page, you can see what sector it's in. It's called uh, personal services or whatever. It's a hyperlink that you click on and it'll just bring up all the, uh, the companies that it, that are considered in that same personal services space. And then you can kind of stack rank it by the market capitalization. Oh, sorry. You can hear the, uh, can you hear me? Yeah. There's like the website's got some like song. This, going yeah. On this is actually the most annoying thing about this website. Is that <laughs> yeah. It's always got ads playing in the background. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I, so I always got a, I, um, Whenever I go to this site, I always just turn down the volume, mute it because there's always, even when you click out of the ad, it's like, where is this playing? You know, I, I know we kind of are a little botchy here with the sound coming in and all that stuff. But the point is, is, I like what we're doing here, where if you're taking the last, the top 15 stocks of Kagers in the last 15 years, you're then taking those companies and comparing them to companies in the same space. And we're looking at NUS real quick, and then we can kind of. So I'm looking at New Skin. Oh, and it, you, it actually is there a way where you can compare the two? Uh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Oh, thinwiz.com. I'm a believer. I like this. So yeah, if you're doing this, once you click on the uh, the sector there. There's a column that has the market cap, so you can kind of sort it by just the market capitalization, so you can see where it where it ranks in this space. Now again, yeah. it's pretty broad as far as uh, what they consider personal services, because the number one by market cap is uh, Rollins Company, and this is actually that company that specializes in pest control. Yeah, they own things like Terminex, so I don't think that's a total apples to apples because Metafast is making um, yeah, food products, but you can, yeah, you can see where the new skin is. And then the one that I was thinking is uh weight watchers international. So I'm actually surprised because by market cap Metafast is bigger than weight watchers, which I didn't think that was the case, but all of these are in the, in that, that $2 billion to $3 billion range, which, which I can, that's my whole point is that I, I can guarantee you if you looked at all the financials metafast probably has the best financials of any of the other their competitors yes because I mean, to 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 perform like they've they've performed so metafast and uh gosh i heard forgot the other one exponent or what was it exponent or something yeah expo expo i mean there's going to be growth there and for 15 years they've done 25% or more those, those are, could be good companies. So this, when we look at these, the companies like Metafast or Exponent, I don't know the space well enough to know what the, um, the growth, uh, 
with the potential future growth, growth rate is. is. Yeah. But if you, here's one, and and I don't mean this to, uh, to to brag, but Sam Adams, I can get a better idea because I know who the worldwide leader is in beer, right? Right. It's Budweiser. Their market capitalization is over a hundred billion dollars right now. So if we look at Sam Adams, 15 years ago, their market cap was 268 million. Right now, it's roughly 12.3 billion. So let's just say mm-hmm. if $100 billion is the highest that any company could ever get in the beer space, if Bud just has reached terminal velocity with their growth and they just keep up with inflation from, from here on out or whatever, if Sam Adams is $12 billion right now in market cap and you're telling me that they could get to, let's say, even half of the size of Budweiser at $50 billion, they could do a triple, right? From here, 12 to, or two doubles, right? From 12 to 24, mm-hmm. 24 to 48. So this is one of the things that I really Gosh, look at. You when, called it, and I'm not trying, I'm sorry to cut you off, but boy, you called it on Sam Adams. You bought it, what, 280? You bought it at 280. I bought it as, I mean, it's over a thousand. I've continued to Well, add. it's 1300 bucks. I've bought it as low as 140. I've just continued to add. And that's also one of the things is when you find a good company. I mean, I always like the idea that that uh, winners, winners win, right? So even if it's going up, I don't look at it as being overvalued or that it doesn't have room to go up more because the whole point of this list, right? Or these companies have all continued to go up. So if you're well, adding to your positions, I, they're going up. And that's your, and, and I'm sorry if I, the listeners that maybe wanted to know your point of how, and, and I have a, another great example for you. And then we, we're, we're done with Kagers for the day is that seeing a company that has growth, that is growing and how much more they can do it. I have another good example for you just to help illustrate your point. Let's look at McDonald's. Okay. Mm-hmm. McDonald's right now has a market cap of 173 billion. It's trading at $233 a share and it's got dividend, a huge dividend, by the way, actually their dividends almost as big as uh, Medfast. <laughs> and um, you look at Chipotle, Chipotle is trading at $1,500 a share. I bought at 150, my first 10 bagger ever. Yeah. And their market cap is 43 billion. So if they even go to 80 billion, which isn't even close to McDonald's 171 billion, that's there's still so much room to grow in that well, space. That, that's, that's exactly the point, right? Let's say they can double from here. So if it's trading at $1,500 right now and it doubles in market cap from, from 43 to 86 or whatever, that therefore means the stock price will go from 1,500 to, to, to 3,000. So this is one of the things I think we also uh, need to, to let the listeners know is that the stock price is very misleading as far as if a company is cheap or expensive. But looking at the market cap is a better way to just get a good judge if there's room. So like you said, if if McDonald's is the biggest at 100 and whatever billion, then from here, Chipotle could still double and it would still be smaller than the size of McDonald's, right? So I wanted to just end things with, we talk about so many stocks during the podcast that mm-hmm. remember when we talked about Uber two uh, weeks ago yeah. and we were uh, talking about all these positive things. And at the end, I was like, boy, of all the stocks we talked about, Uber was probably the one that I was most excited about. So now end of the pod, before we kind of set things, close things up here, what are your two 
favorite stocks off the top of your head that we've talked about? Whether you own them, you haven't owned them, I, I'm going to go first. Okay. I like, and I, I need to do more research, but I'm really going to look in more and do more research. And that's one big thing too. I've never regretted doing tons of research. If you take, you buy it and you lose, if you do more, if you've done a bunch of research and you have a dud, then you move on. It's a lot easier to move on from that. I'm going to look more into MetaFast. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go with it. It's... I'm, I'm going to look into MetaFast and I'm going to look into, um, uh, I keep forgetting it, Experon or what was it? Uh, Exponent. Exponent, Consulting. sorry. Exponent. Mm -hmm. Mainly because I already have exposure to NVIDIA in, in my mutual funds. I'm sure I have, I have tons of Apple, all et cetera, et cetera. But I'm going to look into those two stocks, do more research, because I think that there is room to be had in both of those. And past performance is an indicator of future performance. Mm -hmm. And those two stocks, I'm going to take a look at. What I like you? that too. Um, based on this list, or just anything, even if oh, we talked about say. from we've talked, been talking for an hour and a half. We've talked probably about 50 stocks. So anything that jumps out more Sam Adams, more Chipotle, and whatever you like. Yes. It lets me know that I'm on a right track. I own a handful of the companies that that we've listed so far. They've done well for me. And I have only owned them for a fraction of period of this 15 years. But I think going forward for the next 15 years and beyond, that they're gonna still outperform the market. But to say one that I don't own, to me, that's actually interesting. And this is not a, a small, small company. It's still uh, $28 billion. So there's, it's much bigger, but uh, Old Dominion Freightline. Old D, I, man. Yeah. I like this is just a good defensive play in industrial. Again, the more that we are buying stuff online from Amazon or wherever else or shipping, this seems like a play that is is still, you're gonna need people to move point uh, goods from, from point A to, to point B and an established uh, freight too. line. Yeah, so I kind of like like something to to round out the portfolio, just uh, an industrial. Well, and I sold XOM, so I'm kind of looking- I'm proud to, of you. I'm proud of you, I, you sold it and you're not looking back, I like it. No, well, the thing is, is that, you know when it's official when you sell stock, when you're like, it's time for me to delete it off my stock watch yes. you know, on the phone app or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm at the point where if XOM is worth $90 a share, I'm fine with it. I can move on past it. Good for you. But That's I like old that. D too, man. Mm -hmm. Old Dominion. I, you know, Metafast, I'm a little, maybe it's like, you know, the, the old Peter Lynch buy, which you know, mm -hmm. I don't know. I'll have to, again, I'm going to do more research into it, but uh, I think we uncovered some cool stuff today. I mean, and we're really only at uh, number number seventeen on the list. So, as I said, this list of fifty. We'll make this the recurring series, and we can we can drop a lot of uh, little nuggets, little gems here too. Well, and I bet you, I I did a disservice to the fans, and then a, a disservice to myself, where I per I could have a good podcaster would have looked these up beforehand <laughs> and then been educated on each one, but I didn't want to do that. I wanted to. <laughs> kind of be surprised by going through them this is what i'm saying too so. <laughs> I, I like it when we don't know the company we're just trying to guess based solely on the name like tyler's like yeah. i have never heard of that yeah <laughs> this this will this will be our homework for the week is to really look and see what tyler technologies is tyler metafast old d yeah. i do like the old d play i i still got to figure out what transdime does too i have no idea 
Well, we're gonna put the we're gonna do the formula uh, this week on our socials at Two Buds Talk Stocks Twitter and Instagram, and then we're also going to um, put um, put these lists that we talked about. And I also just want to thank everyone that's been listening and all the feedback we've been getting. Yeah, thanks to listeners. Again, you can always reach us Two Buds Talk Stocks at gmail.com. This has been good. All right, but I gotta I gotta go because I gotta uh, get a get a shake in me. Yeah. From Metafast. <laughs> Metafast right? Yeah. I like it. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. Later. Take care.